The work of waiting. A little ways back, I was working out at the gym I go to, and I don't know, like, if I was just pushed it too hard at the beginning or something, but all of a sudden I was like, I don't feel well. I felt queasy. And one of the physical therapists said to me very calmly, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I was like, thanks, but no thanks, you know? But, but to be honest, it was very helpful to hear that because I, I knew it was going to get easier. You know, it was like, okay, this stinks, but soon it's going to pass. Even if it's not right away, it will pass. But the other thing is, the only reason I didn't feel well, the only reason it was difficult too, was because I was actually doing something that was good for me. That, that something good was actually happening to my body, to my life. I was becoming, I don't know, stronger or better conditioned. And it was the struggle I was feeling, but it meant that good stuff was happening. Jesus tells the disciples in the gospel today that it's going to get worse before it gets better. He tells the disciples there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and on earth the nations will be in dismay, perplexed. People will die of fright. And then they will see the Son of Man coming. That it's going to get worse, but then it's going to get better. So we can expect difficulty. However, we can trust and have hope that God is at work through that to do something better, that we can, we can choose to allow him to do what he's doing. So Jesus encourages us, beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that day catch you by surprise. Be vigilant. And so what Jesus is saying is, no matter what comes at you, stay focused. Be vigilant. That even when things happen that you don't want, that somehow God is working through those. That the difficulty means that God is actually trying to work and do something good for us. And the examples he gives of from carousing and drunkenness, you know, from from getting caught up in the world and, and pleasure-seeking um, or the anxieties of life. But stay vigilant. That's why the church gives us this time of Advent. Advent is actually kind of like a mini Lent. It's not a warm-up for Christmas, you know, like even though Christmas has been everywhere since Halloween, you know, like... Um, <laughs> but, but actually what this t the church has given us this time as a gift to be able to purify the distractions to focus on what's most important. That we, that we need that. that and, and if we think that, that those outside things are actually going to bring me happiness, we're wrong. And, and I think that's, that's if, if there's a, well, it's not really a heresy because it's not about God, but it, maybe it is, that, that the modern heresy is that I have to do things and seek things to bring myself happiness. But that will always end up in emptiness. I, I was told this week, this, this, is, this is sobering news, but it's also 
a contextual news, that this semester on campus, we've had 50 hospitalizations due to suicide attempts. We've had five students complete suicide, unfortunately. And we have over 250 individuals on the wait list to see a counselor. That there's a heaviness, there's a fog. Where does that come from? When I'm trying to seek my happiness from something other than God. When, when I, I see the problems around me and I think that I'm doing something wrong. That, that when I actually feel the helplessness of the difficulty surrounding me. That it doesn't mean I'm failing. It actually is an invitation from God to turn to him with the difficulties. That it becomes an invitation to actually put him back at the center and to realize I can't make my own happiness. But I can bring him my difficulty and my pain and he is at work already trying to do something even better in my life, in my life, in our lives. St. Ignatius, when he talks about difficulty or desolation, he says one of the reasons we experience that is because God is like stretching us. It's like our, our faith muscles are being stretched. Why? Because it's muscles that get stretched and torn that actually increase their capacity. It's only by stretching your muscles that you actually build muscle. It's only by having our heart kind of torn that our heart becomes enlarged to be able to love better and more. And so the answer is not to change the outside, but to allow that to change me. It's like a this is an example before, like if I if I push against this wall, it, it's gonna frustrate me because I'm not moving the wall. It's not moving, it's not changing. But in that struggle, the wall is changing me. I'm gonna build muscle if I push against this wall. It makes me think of the the popular song, um, Rewrite the Stars. Um, there's this one way to kind of interpret that is I, I want to change my reality. I, I don't like what's out there. And so I want, to, I want to change the reality. But when I can't change my reality, it's God's way of saying, I want to use reality to change you. Does that make sense? That the things in our lives that we're like, I don't care for this. God's like, I'm working through that to do something good in you. And so the answer is not to change the stars and move the sun, but instead to put the Son of God in the center and to let him and the light of the world reorient everything else. To realize that maybe there's an order and a purpose, and that maybe the sun is actually working on me, even though I don't necessarily like it this moment. And so the, yeah, any reality we don't like, like I was, um, so I was setting up here 10 years ago, and one of the things I was told was, okay, Father Matt, you're supposed to build a new Newman Center. And so now if you look around here, you'd be like, well, I guess that didn't work, you know? Like, um, and so I can sit there and I can say, because the circumstances aren't the way I wanted them, then somehow I failed. That somehow I can allow that reality to, to annoy me. However, 
What I've learned in this waiting period, in this stretching, is that God is trying to purify me of what is actually important. That I've realized after 10 years is that this building is not important. I mean, it's important, but we could be celebrating Mass in a dirt or a, a snowy field today, you know? Maybe we're glad it's not that, but you know, like, like but isn't that more important? Do these, do these bricks matter that much? And what that's done is in this waiting period, it's actually purified my heart. You know, the Newman Center used to meet, the students of the Newman Club used to meet at Guadalupe. So we didn't always meet here. And now those doors are closed. And one day these doors will be closed, hopefully as we build a new Newman Center. But if these doors are closed, does it somehow take away the good things that have happened here? No. It means God is trying to do something new in that next chapter. And I can fight him and be bitter, or I can allow him to make me better. And so when God moves, when God acts, especially in ways that we don't like, he's acting on us. And if I feel like it's all up to me and my strength, it, it's going to be overwhelming and I'm going to despair. But if I take that overwhelming stuff and I just surrender and say, God, I can't do this. You need to do it for me. You need to be the center of my life because I've tried to do it otherwise and it's not working. That's precisely that moment that, that we will find freedom. Another example that helps me is I just think of like waiting and working. You think about someone who's pregnant, right? Like being pregnant, so I hear, is not easy, you know? Like, <laughs> and, and you could, you, as sick as someone might feel, you, you don't really want to say this, but it's like, honey, it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, like you're going you're gonna to go in labor, um, but then it's going to be better. And it's going to be worth it. And what's, what's going on there? We can, and this is possible, we can become resentful or bitter towards this child that's making my life uncomfortable. But maybe God is actually working on us through that to prepare our hearts to love this child. That the waiting and the difficulty is actually trying to prepare us, like, I can't wait to meet this person. It's going to be awesome. And so we can look with hope. The days are coming when I will fulfill the promises, Jeremiah tells us. That we can look with hope of what's going to come. Because hope, we, we hope in reality, by the way. Um, so the pregnant woman, she's hoping for the future because there's a reality that is near. And so when you and I hope for happiness, when I hope for peace and fulfillment, we're hoping for a reality that's near. That God has put a desire on our heart to want that, to long for that, to be prepared to receive that because he wants to give us that. And so, but, but it doesn't mean there's not going to be difficulty along the way. Um, it's kind of like, for some, for some students this semester has been really hard. Some people have lost friends. And God might say something like, you know, you might even lose more friends. But maybe that's my way of teaching you about the friendship that wants to be in the center of your life. The friendship that won't go away. You know, maybe, maybe my grades haven't been the greatest this semester. 
and, and we've got a week and a half, and it's going to get harder before it gets better, right? Like, and yet, maybe that's God's way of saying, it's not about grades. That your worth is infinitely more than the sum total of your intellectual evaluation on a piece of paper. And maybe he wants to, maybe he's trying to purify that, that's us of that right now. Because that's what he's always doing. You know, maybe we're looking at people around us and everyone's dating but me, you know? And it's like, honey, it's going to get worse before it gets better because they're going to get engaged and they're going to get married. And, and that can be really hard. But maybe it's God's way of saying, I made you for a union that will not end. And if you think, if you think that a relationship is going to make you happy, then with every relationship in the world, you will not be happy. If, if we think that we need a relationship to be happy, no relationship will make us happy. Does that make sense? Because only when our relationship with him is center of our lives, we'll find a peace no matter what's happening around us. No matter if the stars are falling, no matter if craziness is happen, happening, that we can have that peace. And so this, can you see why this time is a time of purification? You know? And there's, there's a reason we're doing the, the 26 and a half hour uh, confession, you know? To just say, Lord, I'm sorry for the ways in which I've made other things the center of my life and more important, but nothing's more important than you. And Lord, thank you for how you've been at work in my life to try to purify me and teach me about what's most important. It makes me think, I feel like I have to name it every homily. I love the prodigal son, right? Like, in the story, at the same time God is working on the son, he's also working on the father. So when the son comes back, in the father's waiting, maybe we're waiting for somebody in our lives. That when the son comes back, the son, uh, the, the father's like, here, take, take, take my robe, put sandals on his feet, kill the fattened calf, put a ring on his finger. What he's saying is, in this time of waiting and being purified of what's more important, I realize material possessions are not more important, that money is not more important, that food is not more important than my son, that this relationship is more important than anything. And so we don't know exactly what God is trying to purify us of this day, but we know that he desires to be in the center. And so God, even if God wants to, it's a permission we give him. God, we give you permission that even if you want to strip everything away. I remember a couple of years ago, we were interviewing interns, and one of the interns was studying abroad in China. And so we pulled her up on Skype, and, um, and we're like, hey, how's it going? How's it been going in the last few months? And she basically said, this has been the hardest thing in the world. She says, I've been stripped of my friends. I have, I have no friends here. I can't even really communicate with the people. I mean, I'm learning. Uh, the food is very different. Like, all my favorite foods are, are gone. And I'm like, wow, what's that like for you? What's that like for you? And she said, since I've been stripped of everything, I turn to the one thing remaining, God. She said, my relationship with God is better than it's ever been in my entire life. And that same girl experiencing that union and fulfillment 
from God alone is now in her fifth year of being a missionary. She's in the middle of India somewhere, helping people know God. That knowing God actually gave her joy and freedom. That's why God wants to be the center. And so we come here today to, in the words of our psalm, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I bring to you everything in my heart so that you might take away and purify me through the difficulty and the pain so that you might be the center of my life. Lord, I give you permission. Lord, I choose, not because I have to, but I freely choose to wait and allow you to work on me.